0: Good morning. How are we today? We all ready? <laughs> okay. You know I want to tell you there are some special people here in God's eyes. I had a message ready two weeks ago and God changes this morning. Honestly There are some very special people in this place that God wants to talk to. Uh, This is the first time that I'm going to preach what I'm going to preach today. Uh, It's just phenomenal, just phenomenal. I was just blown away by, by, by by the depth of what God was showing me. But there are some people here that God wants to speak to. You know, Pastor Mike has been talking about wilderness and walking through it and all that. I don't know about you, but God wants to talk to you tonight, this morning. Uh, you know, like last time, I preached the topic. the The title of my message again is "The Sons of God," Romans eight nineteen. Creation waits for the sons of God to be revealed. I've been looking through, you know, when I look at, look at somebody's anointing, when I look at how many of you lo- would like to have the anointing that is around Jason Westerfield? How many of you would like to have what Pastor Mike and Ian and Lynn and Pastor Cecilia carry? You know? What we see is the fruit of what they have been doing. What we have not seen. What's been, they have, what they have been walking through. There's a structure that holds up that anointing there's a structure that holds up those things that these people walk in all we see is the fruit a character in the Bible Daniel you know Daniel is just like you and me he's the son of God unlike in the Old Testament he lived in the Old Testament times but he was a man who walked in the New Testament times now in the Old Testament they had temple And they had rituals to do things. By the time it was Daniel's time, the temple did not exist anymore. And the only way he could relate with God was the way you and I do. The righteous shall walk by faith. The righteous shall walk by faith. And he walked by faith. He did not say anything that would carry, that would bring the promises of God into existence. You know, let me give a little bit of perspective to what I'm saying. You know, Daniel was a young boy and he was going to school like every other kid would go to school. He was, he was going to school, he had a good life because he belonged to the royal family. He belonged to the noble family, therefore he had life, his, his life was pretty good. And then this king attacks that nation. demokad attacks the nation and now daniel is no longer a free man he is no longer a royalty he's suddenly a slave he cannot decide what he wants to do and what nebuchadnezzar does is he carries daniel out of the nation that he was born in he carries him out and takes him into this land called babylon now daniel is just a young boy So when Daniel would look at his life all he can see is shattered dreams as a young man when he's growing up when he's going to school you would have seen himself walking into that place into the palace into the place that his parents had been walking in he was a noble man he was the son of a noble man now suddenly that's not a reality anymore what's the reality? he's a slave he's a nobody Now Nebuchadnezzar starts, starts planning for the future. What he would do is he would pick up all, you know, he would go and conquer a nation and move the people out of that region into another region so there would be no rebellion. This was the strategy that he adopted. So if he was like, it's like, you know, in the old time Russia, if you, if you have been doing things that were not acceptable to the Russian government, then they would pick you up and throw you into Siberia. Why? So that you cannot go there and rebel. You are in an unknown place. And that's, what, that's how Nebuchadnezzar dealt with all his captives. He also had a strategy in place. What did he do? He, called, he said, okay, he appointed, appointed a, a chief official. He asked the official, you go and bring all the bright young people. We are going to train them up. We are going to send them to university. So he started, he picked up, you know, he, he asked them to say, hey, I also brought some captives from Judah. Go bring them out. Go bring them out and we will retrain them. So he, he starts listing the qualifications. He starts listing the qualifications that, that the person should have to be, to be falling into that category. Daniel chapter 1 verse 3, it says, The king ordered you know, the chief of the court officials to bring in some of the Israelites from the royal family and nobility. Young men without any physical defects, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well informed, quick to understand, qualified to serve in the king's palace. And then he would teach them language and literature of Babylon. Why do you think he selected young men? So that because the brains, you know, the the, the pages of the brains are still fresh. You can write on it what you want to write. He wanted to retrain these people in his system. See, these people had all the qualifications that are necessary to be successful. Now these are the qualifications that the world will look for when it is looking for somebody that they think will be successful. This is not God's method this is definitely not God's method but this is the way that the Word will look look at things so these people are selected and then they start training them then the Bible says that but out of this group were four young men they were different now you need to understand that Daniel was not walking in the same revelation that he was walking when he was an old man he's a young man he has heard about a God A God who can bring breakthroughs. He's he's heard about a God who brought them out of Egypt. He has heard about a God who brought them out of captivity. His only hope is that this same God would turn up one more time and take him out of captivity. But he's a slave. He has no choice. But in spite of that, he approaches. In his heart, he has determined that I will pursue God. This is a God has come through for us in the past now the other thing at the same time that, that Daniel was growing up at his home, in his hometown there was a guy called Jeremiah he was prophesying he was saying guys if you don't get your life together you are going to go out as captives you are going to go into exile Daniel had heard these prophecies as a young boy and he found that it had come to pass. So he knew that this God that I serve is a God who can tell you in advance and make sure that it comes to happen. So Daniel decides in his heart, I'm not going to defile myself. So Daniel could understand the difference of being defiled and somebody who has consecrated their life. He doesn't know the depth of it. He doesn't have bigger revelations, but he has a simple faith that this God will come through for me. He's a God who will come through for me, definitely. You know, and God responded to Daniel's simple faith. He gave favor with the guy who was the official over them. And he said, "Okay, you guys don't need to eat what we bring for you. You can have your own veggies." So Daniel is growing. You know, he, he's starting to see. Yes, when I, whenever I put forward my my step in faith, God would come through for me. He will not delay. He will just come in through come through for me at the right time. Daniel one chapter. Chapter 1, verse 17. To the four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds. So these people are all going to university. They are all going for this training. And they are being trained for these three years. So all of them are getting information. All of them are being taught new things. In addition to that, these young four young men get two things extra, which the others don't have. One is knowledge and understanding. So I wanted to know what's the difference between, between what they had and these guys had. Because when they had the selection process, they had picked up the people who, could, who were quick in understanding. They had picked up people who could understand quickly. And now here it says that they had understanding and knowledge. I was intrigued. So I looked up i looked up what does this understanding mean the first understanding meant cunningness they were sharp but they were cunning in their decision making does that sound like the world system which selects people it selects people who are sharp and cunning but this one is different this one is very different Isaiah chapter thirty three sixteen. 16 I started looking what what did this one mean this is what it says he will be the sure foundation for your times a rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge the fear of the Lord is the key to these treasures so what these young men had was coming out of fear of the Lord It was not coming out of knowledge and information. It was coming out of something else. It was coming out of the fear of the Lord. It's it's very interesting that, you know, Isaiah had prophesied and said, you know, my people perish because because of lack of knowledge. And suddenly these slaves get it. What those people did not get while they were free, these guys get it when they are slaves. The interesting thing is, in addition to this, Daniel had a special gift. He could interpret dreams, or he could get the details of a dream. Now this is one gift that makes you stand before kings. Even today, if you look at the system, why do people approach psychics? Why do people approach all those people who can interpret dreams in the secular world? Because they want to know what's happening. That's one of the methods that God speaks to us. God speaks to us in dreams. You look at the other guy who could interpret dreams in the Bible. His name is Joseph. Now, if you look at Joseph's life, in his family, Joseph was not the only guy who could interpret dreams. All his brothers could as well. You know, Joseph would dream and bring the the dream to his brothers and his dad. What will they do? They will interpret and say, oh, so you mean that we are going to serve you. So that gift of interpretation was there on the other brothers and Joseph as well. But what is it that made that Joseph could stand in front of kings and why was it that the rest of them, when they came, they did not come as counselors to the king, but they came as, as, you know, they were bent down and they were broken. It was a fear of the Lord again. So when fear of the Lord gets connected with this dream, it enables us to stand before kings and bring interpretations for them. There are in the Christian world a lot of people who speak to, to the prime ministers and, and, the, and the officials of the government. They move in this gift very strongly. They can interpret dreams. The interesting thing is about Daniel, he could dream your dream as well. Like Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, he prays and God gives him the same dream that that guy had. Where did it all start? Daniel, David, Daniel did not have that gift to begin with. You are starting to see the fruit of the stand that he had taken. That I will consecrate my life. I will consecrate my life and I will stand before God and I will not be defiled. When we look at some of the big preachers of this day, we think, oh, they move in glory, they move in this, they move in that. But we have not watched the process that brought them to that place. That's the beauty of the story, that you can watch. How did he come to that revelation? How did he come to that place where he could stand before kings? Was he walking through barrenness? Yes. His mom had been killed, his dad had been killed, his nation was captive it was exi- in exile he was in exile his heart is bleeding he is broken you don't read about his brothers and sisters in the bible why because they are not there anymore was he walking through 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 barrenness yes was he walking through wilderness yes but look at what he is carrying Because of the way he positioned himself before God. There was nobody who could go and talk to the government on his behalf. There are some of us sitting here. Whose God has called us to do do things in this kingdom. Take heart. God has called you and is faithful. Faithful. You may be walking through wilderness, but he would take you to the next step because he knows how to trigger it. Look at the life of Joseph. Now he is he's the advisor to the king. What's his qualification? Ex-convict. Am I right? Did he go to any college or school? No. What determined his destiny was? How he handled his wilderness experience? What made Daniel to stand before the kings? It is not his gift. It is how he handled. How he handled... relationship with God he had enough reasons to be offended with God he had more than enough reasons to say this God is not a good God see they were not the only guys chosen there were other guys who were chosen from Judah they were Jews they were the people who knew that they were in covenant relationship with God but there were just four of them who stood out and said I am going to stand and continue to stand in that covenant with my God. It doesn't, it, it doesn't matter what my situation is, what my circumstances. My God is going to come through for me. Now Daniel is constantly connected with God. Now he's a big man. He's been promoted. He's become the chief. You know, the Bible says he was called the chief ma- magician. Because that's the way probably they would, they would have called him. That's the way they would understand. But he's the chief counselor there. He's the chief man. He's the guy who gives the, the best counsel to the king. But his relationship with God doesn't change. Now, Nabuchodonosor has a new dream. In this dream he sees there is a big tree. There are are creatures coming and living and planting themselves on this tree. And then one day this tree is cut down and it is left as a stump. Nobody can interpret that dream. So in comes Daniel and he interprets the dream. The Bible says a year later after he had interpreted the dream... This guy loses his sanity. Because that's what was was prophesied in that dream. That the king would lose his sanity for seven years. So this guy loses sanity for seven years. Who's watching over him for the next seven years? Daniel. What would have passed through Daniel's mind when he's watching and caring for this guy? Who's lost his, his his you know, he's lost his head. Here is a guy who killed my family. Here is a guy who brought me and my family into exile. Does that make sense? What what's Daniel's attitude? Because he loses he loses his mind for seven years and then he's restored as a king again. Is restored as the king Daniel had every chance to, to knock his head off he had every chance to get rid of this guy and who is the chief guy who would get to the next post himself he's the guy due for promotion Daniel doesn't... And I want to show you... I want to show you in the context of another story so you will understand how different it is. Because when he stood in that position, he, his, Daniel's vision was much bigger than just a position. He was connected with the kingdom already. He had started seeing God doing awesome things. In 1 Kings chapter 11... You know, God was angry with Solomon. He had made a covenant with David that, you know, I will allow your son and your son's son to sit on the throne. But if they don't follow the covenant relationship which I and you have, I'll take the throne away from them and all that. And this guy, so Solomon has, has, has lost it. He's not maintained that covenant relationship with God. He's been worshipping other gods. He's been doing all kinds of stuff. So while he's doing this, God talks to him and says, you know, I'm going to take this kingdom away and give it to somebody else. So God finds this guy and says, you know, you are the one that I want to pass my kingdom on to. I am the one who decides who will rule over my people and I will give you the kingdom. His name is Jeroboam. So God finds this. The the prophet of God goes and finds him and says, This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to tear the kingdom out of Solomon's family's hand and give ten tribes to you, and the other two tribes will stay with him. Now Solomon finds out about this. Guess what will happen? This guy had to run away. He ran away to Egypt. so when he ran away to Egypt if Solomon had still pursued him he could have caught him because the Pharaoh's daughter is his wife you can see the protection that God has for his for his chosen one Solomon doesn't pursue him there after this Solomon dies his son comes to the throne his son takes bad advice from his friends and therefore is not in a good position so the people rebel and call this guy Jeroboam who had returned from Egypt by then and made him the king he said you're going to be our king and we'll follow you Solomon's son gets very angry so he musters an army you need to understand this guy is a new guy on off the block he doesn't have an army he doesn't have anybody who can protect him the tribes have gone with him but he doesn't have anything in place so Solomon musters his army uh, Solomon's son musters his army to attack this guy and the Prophet comes and says you can't do that you go back home so everything is settled And this guy, Jeroboam, can see that God is establishing himself as a king. God is putting him in that throne that he had promised. You know what Jeroboam does? He's afraid that when peace comes, these people would all go away to to the other side. So what does he do? He institutes idolatry. He institutes two calves to be worshipped in two different places. All this while, where there was no chance of him becoming the king, he, had not, he did not have a problem. And now suddenly he wants to make sure that the kingdom that has come to him would stay with him. Can you see the attitude? Now he has taken the kingdom, he wants to hold on to it. He has forgotten who has put him on that throne. He has forgotten who is in control. Look at Daniel. God has shown him the dream and he has seen that this guy is going to be restored. What does he do? He watches over him. He understands kingdom principle that promotion comes from the Lord. There is no point in striving and struggling. And he, he, he can understand. He understands kingdom because he knows in 70 years time, no matter who is ruling 70 years time, My people are going back from exile. His focus is just on one thing. I need to get my people back into our country. I need to get my people back. Why? It was not about that piece of land. He wants to get the people back into his nation so that they can rebuild the temple and they can start worshipping God again. He had only one focus. He had experienced the God of Israel. He loved him and he wanted that his people would reconnect with that God again. He was so kingdom focused, nothing, nothing could could touch him. Nothing could change his focus away from pursuing the things of God. He had an opportunity to rule the entire world. nabuchad ruled the entire known world at that time. Everybody was under him, but he was so much in pursuit of God that this did not matter to him. the interesting thing about this, this this book of Daniel is the chapters some chapters come first and the, the other chapters come last but the last ones are the first ones so though chapter 7 and 8 occur in in sequence they come after 5 and 6 but the incident that happens at 7 and 8 come before 5 and 6 Now Nebuchadnezzar has died. His son has become the king. Daniel is no longer the main person in charge now. He's lost his position. This guy does not even know about the existence of Daniel. Talk about wilderness experience! He is the guy who always stood in front of the king and advised him. He is the one who would tell nations what to do. And then suddenly, he's lost it. Is no longer that important that anybody should know him, but what is he doing? He's pursuing God He's pursuing God and saying God what are you going to do next? The Bible says the secret things belong to the Lord. Whatever is revealed belongs to you and me God does not do anything Amos 3 7 says God does not do anything without revealing it to his servants Daniel stood in that place and said, God, I thank you that nothing happens on this, in this world without your knowledge. You have planned it from the beginning. You know the end from the beginning. Tell me what's going to happen. He pursued God. And then he, started, he had a dream and a vision. He saw that suddenly this kingdom was going to die and the next kingdom was going to arise. The Babylonian Empire was going to finish and the next empire was going to start. The Medo-Persians are going to arise after the many Persians would die the next kingdom would arise and daniel started getting a picture that my god is the one who decides who comes over now the son of namukadana is having a party so what does he do he calls he says out of the treasury room bring all the cups so that we can drink in them and these are the golden goblets that were in presence of God. So he brings it and starts drinking. Suddenly a hand appears and writes something on the wall. He's afraid. So he calls for all the magicians and the, and the preachers and all that. They try to interpret, they can't. So they bring Daniel in. Daniel, can you interpret for this, this one for us? I will give you all riches and I will make you the third most powerful man on this, in this kingdom. You know what's Daniel's reply? You can keep it. I don't want it. You can keep it. But I'll tell you what what that means. You have been weighed and you have been found lacking. That night, the guy was killed by the next king. The Medes and Persians became the kings then. But before he was killed, he made Daniel the third most powerful man in that kingdom again. What is it that brought Daniel back into that place that he had lost? His pursuit with God. He was in pursuit of God. He did not pursue that situation. He did not pursue the position. He did not pursue anything. His pursuit was pursuit of God. after that Daniel had been living in that nation for a while now it's going to be 70 years it's going to be 70 years since he came he came out into exile he started fasting and praying what was he doing? he was standing on God's word and saying God your your word says your word says your word says It says that I shall I shall not borrow but I shall lend to many. It says, you know, he started standing in that place and pursuing God. God, after 70 years, you said you would bring my people back. What was he saying? God, you have a covenant with my people. The covenant said, I will be the head and not the tail. I will be above and not beneath. He started pursuing God with the word. He started standing on the word and started declaring that God, you have a promise, you have a covenant. Are the kingdoms going on? Yes. Everything is happening? Yes. You know, the Medes and the Persians are prospering. But in that, what, the only thing that he could see and pursue was God, can you please restore the relationship with your people? He was a prophet, he was a man of God, he was a prophet. He would bring his people back into the presence of God. Look at what's happening towards the end of his life. In a vision, he can see the throne room of God coming down. The Ancient of Days is sitting on that, and the books are opened, and judgment was done. here was a guy towards the end of his life but where did it all begin as a young man he decided to consecrate his heart and say God I don't understand everything but this is what I understand that if I am in covenant relationship with you you will see me through look at the revelation that he was carrying Even before John had the revelations in the book of Revelation, Daniel had a lot of them. He was a man who pursued God. He was a man who pursued God to hear his heart. What today God seeks is people who would pursue his heart. I believe there are many here who have pursued him, who have walked through wilderness situations, but have continued to pursue him. You have consecrated in your heart, God, I'm going to pursue you. I'm not going to give up. You need to understand the courage that that Daniel must have, the, the amount of courage that Daniel would have to pull up to do what he was doing. Where was that developed? In the private place where nobody was watching. In the private place, he would pursue God. And what we see on the outside is the fruit of that. He had built robust structures in place so that even when we had the greatest revelations, he was not driven by pride. He was a guy who would pursue God, praying and fasting. He would fast 21 days. 21 days. He wanted revelations. He wanted interpretations from God.